Wait, say that again? Like you assassinate Shaggy. Yeah, I, I guess that's... <laughs> I just like the space between the pump of the uh, shotgun and then the blast of the shotgun yeah. that I could add other things into. Stephanie was here on Friday, and she said that I make weird faces when I uh, when I play with that thing. Is that do I do that? I never noticed. Now I'm gonna watch all. Of <laughs> oh, great! She was like, "When you play your little noisemaker thing, you make weird ass uh, faces." Speaking of Stephanie, I'd like to thank her for filling in for the uh, unfillable Richard Giordano <laughs> um, while he was out dealing with some life issues. So basically, we've uh, we've fucking I, I, we we t- we got into a fight. And we took a week off because of that, because because we just needed to, to fucking, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Reassess. It, I, yeah, not reassess. Maybe just like get away from each other for a week. Okay. Then I went away for a week. So we weren't around for two weeks. And then I got back and everything was okay. And we got back on the right schedule. And then we missed, this is the first Tuesday. We do this show on Tuesdays and Fridays. This is the first Tuesday, I think, that me and you have actually sat down in this studio together really? since I got back. Jeez. Yeah, there was always something coming up. Um, well, oh, by the way, welcome to the Awkward High Five Podcast. <laughs> My name is Devin. And I'm Rich. And, uh, the unfillable. And um, uh, yeah, and then, and then unfortunately, you went through um, a, uh, a little hardship this past week that made you have to be out the whole week. Yeah. And so we missed another Tuesday show. And then Stephanie, um, our forensic evaluator uh friend who is is a very interesting person to talk yeah. to yeah so she did she did a really good she came in she filled in she did a good job she had a fun time uh whenever she's on the show we get good feedback so i'd like to thank her again you didn't was, you said you didn't listen to the I show i didn't hear but i'm just upset that i couldn't be here because that's i wanted to be here for that one because i had some questions <laughs> well we we wanted to talk dreams and we did talk dreams, but in the last like twenty minutes, because my stupid ass, I'm so fascinated with her work uh, that you know, whenever I, whenever I have her in the room, whether it's on the show or not, I'm I'm asking questions, you know. So so I, I burned the first forty minutes of me being like, <laughs> and then what happens when this happens? And what happens when this happens? Like a little kid, and then finally, being the professional that she is, uh, she held it down. She, well, she <laughs> she like I think I at one point I asked her a another question about her work, and she was like. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. It kind of reminds me of when I have these dreams. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we went into the dream shit. But uh, it's, it's uh, it, interesting topics. And she's an interesting chick. And, um, and, and we're, we're lucky to have her. Does she do a lot of like, dream study? Mm, not really in her professional life. But, but more... Yeah, well, I guess she does... She was telling me about this very interesting thing that... Uh, I'm too stupid to regurgitate the full name of it now. I don't even know what the acronym is. But it's uh, it's this must be something Italian. Oh, I know. I'm doing the Italian <laughs> stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's it's a technique where you you recreate REM sleep while you're awake. So so. Oh, I've done that plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not nodding out. <laughs> Just fucking. Uh, it's it's some sort of therapy that that uh, the therapists and counselors, I guess, are starting to use. And what it does is is the uh, the cognition that happens because when you're in REM sleep, that's when y- your your brain's firing the most. That's yeah. when you have the craziest that's dreams and all that dreams. stuff. Yeah. And anyone who listened to the last episode, no, I'm just re- re- you know reiterating this, but uh, but yeah. So anyway. She was telling me how she's starting to learn about it and how she's starting to implement it into her practice and stuff that, at her work. And I want to I do it. I've been thinking about it ever since she said it. I want somebody to do that to me. She said she wouldn't do it to me because we're friends. I don't know what that means. but, <laughs> but uh, You but, start being like, damn, I want to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. No. But, uh, but I, what, do you, what do they do? You're awake, and how the hell do they make you dream? I don't know. It's something about... Like your eyes are oh, open, and you're like doing shit, and you're talking dreams? You know what? I do know. It's it's a um, some sort of... Um, uh, I forget the... Again, because she's so smart, and I'm so stupid. I, for, <laughs> I forget the, uh, the actual words that she used, but it has to do with like a right-left stimulus kind of thing. She said that it actually kind of can happen to people sometimes when they're walking. <laughs> that is not doing that. No, it feels good. <laughs> when they're walking. And, uh, and, uh, or, or whatever. It's, it's that kind of thing. Like, I guess you put, like, a left finger and then a right finger. And then, it would, you know, there's a way to do it. And uh, whoever came up with it is this insane genius. And, yeah. And, Geniuses uh, are crazy. Yeah. He figured out this, this way to do it. And I don't know. I really want to, I, I want to know what that is like. You know, yeah. I want my brain to fire the way that it does in sleep when I'm awake. I don't know if you, if you, 
if you can even uh, exist in both worlds, you know? That's what I'm thinking. That's so weird. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking sleepwalking, but then you could be dreaming crazy shit. Like, what if you jump off a building? What are you going to do? Jump out of the window? Like, What do you mean if you jump out of, off a building? In your dream. Oh, oh in your dream? Yeah. Like, well, maybe you kill somebody in your dream, you go around stabbing <laughs> Well, I, number one, it's a, a controlled environment, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, so I'm sure you're not going to, you know... <laughs> Random s- weapons Start walking around. up. But if you do walk off, off a building, the, the most reasonable explanation for that would be that a demon came back in your dreams, ripped your veins out of your arms, and then walked you like a puppet <laughs> yeah. off of it. That's the only way I could think of. Um, so anyway, do you want to... Uh, I, you know, I, I tried to explain to the audience what was going on with you, but I didn't want to speak in your steed, you know? I get you. So I, I just said that you... The most that I said is that you were just... You dealt you dealt with a death and I in the family, I said. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. Uh, I don't well, know. that's basically it. Yeah. You know, there was a death in the family, and it was uh, totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it as hard as it was. And, you know, I just had to be there for my girlfriend. She was. She's actually being, you know, she's handling it. Can't say well, but right. she's being strong, you right. know, and she's, you know, she's there for her mom, and it was just, you know, really hard the way, it, just the way it happened. It was just yeah, terrible. Yeah, and I get that you wouldn't want to go into details about it, and that's, that's totally fine, but I, I also went yesterday, or Friday when we did the show, I didn't want to, like, you know, say anything that, you know, I wanted to leave it up to you on what right. to say and what not right. to say, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into detail about it. I mean, yeah. anyone that's dealt with a death knows how hard it is, but... You know, one thing I was thinking of, you know, when I was there was how, you know, deaths and wakes and everything, like all your friends that you wish you could hang out with and see on a daily basis, you see at a death. But if you called them up on a weekend, you'll never see them. It will never happen. Right. Well, did you see a lot of your friends? No. Yeah, you're talking about. Like her friends came out of the woodworks that she hadn't seen in forever. Right. But would love to. But they just don't see each other anymore well there there is an i guess there's an immediacy and an importance about importance about that i mean i'll, I'll go to if you know if there's a friend of mine that i hadn't seen i haven't seen in a decade but i was i knew their parents at one point and, and if they you know one of their parents passed away i'll, I'll most likely go to that wake just to pay respect you know so paying a respect thing you right. know no matter what happens in your life you know like uh how separated you get and work and family and all that shit yeah. you know like if somebody was a part of your life at any point uh, and then they pass away, you know, it makes sense to go there and pay respects. So. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, she was just really happy to see everybody, like her friends like that. And I was just thinking about that, like, wow, what brings people together the most? Death. Maybe a wedding, you know, but more likely a death. Right. You know? Well, that's that's the, the old cliche is like when you, as you get older, you know, you, they even say like you only see people at, at funerals and weddings. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the only excuse, you know, because everyone's so fucking busy just trying to get yeah. by in this shitty world. Yeah. You know, it, you know, we're in our fucking 30s now. That's, right. that's you know, like we still, we're, we still live a kind of an adolescent lifestyle I and know. the fact that my we, brain is just like holding me back. Yeah, I know. And I'm actually reading, uh, I'm reading this really interesting fucking book right now. It's called ego is the enemy um i forget the actual name of the guy but people out there will know exactly what i'm talking about but uh he kind of goes into that like the the sustained adolescence and a lot of that has to do with ego and stuff and i and and i was reading it and it's like it's like the words are just saying like this is you dude you know (laughs) like this is you uh and it's not a good thing or a bad thing but some people just some people hold on to that longer you know like a lot of people just get into, you know, they, they get married, they start having children, they, they they have to work their asses off to afford the things that they have. And the weekend isn't like fucking go time for them. You know, some yeah. people stay weekend warriors for their whole life because part of their life is the excitement of going out and meeting new people and getting a buzz on and having adventures and, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So, but, uh. But yeah, I mean that's what happens. We get older, and 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 the the getting older sneaks up on you, you know. Yeah. So so like all of a sudden, one day you're like parting with everything, and then the other day it's. And I've watched that happen with with my group of friends, our group of friends, which is great. I, I'm not complaining about it, but you know, like we had such a large group of friends that we hung out all the time, and then the first couple gets married, and then the second couple gets married, and then the kid one first kid comes, and then the second kid comes, and I'm I'm systematically watching as. As even you know, friends of mine that that would be considered like the party friends, you know, are slowly getting married and then having children, and it's like, 
and although I love them and and they'll be a part of my life forever and and I'll hopefully still hang out with them as much as possible it's still at the same time it's kind of like okay congratulations I'll see you like twice a year yeah. you know what I mean and then and then move on kind of thing I mm-hmm. you know I, I I totally I don't I don't harbor any resentment on on anybody not coming around and making an effort to hang out because it's it's so hard to fucking find time to do shit for yourself it's true yeah you sprinkle in some kids and a fucking needy husband or a needy wife and a shitty job and a fucking all that shit i i totally get it you just want to go home and flop on the couch right it's a it's a wonder that anybody has time to do anything in this world now you know especially with these jobs uh paying as little as possible most people are like now you know average middle middle class people have to work two jobs just to try to fucking make shit work or at least have some sort of like weekend gig or you know like any fucking any hour or two that you get to like yeah like you said plop on the couch and watch fucking i don't know house of cards or some bullshit like that's probably the 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 extent of their excitement you know right you work all year and you save up for one vacation you get you you know you you do all this work for other people and then you get one vacation a year where you get to go for a week which is a stressful situation anyway i digress i'm fucking getting way into my own shit and while you're on vacation you're counting the days you have left like Mm -hmm. shit only three days left the anxiety anxiety fucking you know, one thing uh, that uh, I, you know, I've been, and I, we, I've talked about it on the podcast. Um, the one thing that I've been doing, uh, I've really been like t- taking a deep retrospective look at myself because, it, like, very soon I'm going to have to make a move, and I'm setting up blocks in order to make a move. But I'm going to have to make the next serious move in my life, and there's certain things that I know that I just do not want there to be. And one and one of the things that even when I think about it, just shoots fear into my my soul. Is uh, I hated my last job so much that when my weekend, you know, when the Sunday would come, well, I was off on Sundays and Mondays, so so let's whatever. But you know, like when Monday would come around, I that whole day I would be irritable. I would be I would be angry. I would be I would be depressed or whatever. Yeah. Just knowing that I was going to have to wake up and go back to work the next that's day. Like, yeah, that's like the Sunday. You can't enjoy your Sundays because your stomach's nuts. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, and we're not supposed to live like like anybody out there that has that feeling. Know that you're not in the right place. Humans are not supposed to go through that <laughs> fucking fifty two weeks a year for forty five fucking years. That's not the way that we're supposed to live. I know. You know, and anybody who doesn't have that, anybody who wakes up and is excited to go to their job then no matter how much money you have uh no matter how wherever you are in life or or whatever you deem need you need or anything like that just know that if you wake up every day and are excited to go to your job you've already won you you already you already have more than 90 percent of the people in this country and it doesn't matter if you live in a mansion or you live in a fucking shack or you have a a used car or a brand new car any of that bullshit you've already won life if that's the situation you know it's such a rare gem for somebody to to do what they like to do and get paid for it that you know like anything after that's just fucking um i wanted to ask before we get more (laughs) see i told you you came here with all these topics like 80 stories and shit and i was like yeah that's cool and then I've been reading this book, which has been so deep, and me and Steph had a deep conversation on Friday, and I'm like in this, this, uh, this like broad concept land. No, where... it's a good land to be. You know what I mean? Because I just live every day avoiding those thoughts, right? And that's know? why I thought it would be interesting to talk to you about it. But I want be, uh, let's go back real quick, and then we could go back to where we are now. Um, I wanted to ask you with the death, uh, it, it, with the death in Crystal's family, is that well, is it? Can we say who who died? Because he's going to set up the question. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, it was her father that right. passed away, unfortunately. And uh, and if Crystal's listening to this, I'd like to send my condolences, even though I already told you to send them. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to ask you was, uh, you dealt with it, with a with a with a parent dying mm-hmm. uh, like much earlier what how long has it been 10 years it's been 14 years Four, holy shit it's been 14 years yeah, this september will be 14 years. okay so 14 years ago you were in your early 20s and unfortunately you dealt with the death of your mother mm-hmm. um do you think that going through that process when you did then was it put you in a position to help crystal and her family at this point like was there any like sort of wisdom or knowledge that you're able to give them like hey i know i know what you know what comes next i know the stages of this and um you know i try not to you know sound like because everybody's different mm-hmm. you know so I, I i dealt with it different and everybody deals with it, things differently you right. know i mean there's certain things that 
like I try not to say the cliche shit. You know what I mean? And like, you know, really, all I could do is just help, like, just help with you know everyday things. And you know, I would I would talk about it with her, but I wouldn't you know say this is what's going to happen or right. You know, like I I would just say things that you know. I guess I would. I guess I did. You know, like it's it's kind of cliche, but things people things people say are true. Like, well, you know, it's it's only going to take time. You know, right? Think think about the happy things, not the sad things. You know, and mm-hmm. that is what you have to do. And the five stages of grief or whatever. I mean, that's a real you know that's a real concept. You know, humans do go through that. So you might the way that you handle the situation might be unique to each person, but there is definitely a cognizant kind of mental thing that the brain goes through when dealing with a large change you know mm-hmm. whether it be a loss of a job or loss of a, of a loved one or something like that and you know it's all the ones that we know the denial and the bargaining and all, and all that stuff you know yeah do, do you see um do you see uh similarities in in how she's dealing with it with the way that you dealt with it it, it also and i don't want to pry too into into anything that's like hurtful in your life or whatever but do you re- like do you have a grasp on that at that time in your life or does that just seem like a blur to you no it's not definitely not a blur really no. yeah no it's definitely not you know i i i can't say i think about it every day but i think about it a lot but if you if you look back on that time period, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, leading up to and after and around that time and dealing with the funeral and the wakes and all that, you know, which I could only imagine is just this like just head spinning experience, you yeah. know, um, like do you does it seem like a dream or does it seem like you could remember step by step the way the thing like I guess what I'm asking is were you more perceptive like during that or were you reserved in the fact that you're kind of letting things go because i could tell you for myself you know i knew your mom very well and and i and i loved her as a person and everything um when when that happened i i, I and i'm no, in no means making this about myself but a weird phenomenon happened with your mom's death to me and that was is that i felt so badly about the situation it was the closest person to a parent to me that i've ever had pass away sans say like a grandparent you know it was the first time that i was ever dealing uh, with that and and me and you were so uh, so close then i mean that was probably at the like the the apex of our our you know we working together living together well i had just moved out but still you know playing in the band with each other and then you guys you and your brother and i felt so badly for you and your brothers and i was and i was being there for you and then you guys asked me if to be a pallbearer at your mom's funeral do you remember that mm-hmm. i completely forgot about that like that, 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 that uh, experience at your mom's funeral was so traumatic for me that my, uh, that the only explanation that I have is that my brain completely erased it from my memory. And then something, I guess it was me and you years, I'm talking years later, like we're discussing it. And, and I remember you said to me like, well, you were the pallbearer there. And I, and I didn't believe you at first. I was like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> and then I went back and thought about it. And I was like, holy shit, I fucking was, you know? So just in, in my outsider uh, perspective of that situation, I, you know, I, I, my brain went into some sort of defensive mode. And I guess that's why I'm asking you, you know, like now that you're, now that you're faced with dealing with this again on another level, I'm sure you've done some remembering of the, of your situation. I mean, you have to. Yeah, of course. And so, like, are, I don't know. Are you able to see it that way? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been thinking about it more in the past week than I have in a while. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, uh, it's not a blur to me. It, it's almost like any, any other memory of that time. I see it's. You know, I see it as clearly as any other memory. You know, okay. I'm sure there's things that I for, I've forgotten about it. Right. But, you know, when I think about it, I I remember, the, you know, the feeling, you know, yeah. that'll never go away. Right. You know, that's probably the, the thing you remember most, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And that's isn't that weird about us is that like you like you listen to a song or something like that. And then your your body actually digs up this physical feeling. Yeah. You know, like it, that it, that just goes to show that that our feelings are are manufactured in in most times you know like we i we spoke i i I guess it was the last episode that we were doing when we were talking about um like i I don't know exactly what we're talking about but but i'm sure i I don't remember the conversation but i was talking about meditation and being able to control your feelings and your thoughts and stuff Mm -hmm. and like 
that alone, like the phenomenon of being able to remember an experience and then and then feel that pain or joy or uncomfort or whatever it is, like that experience is right there with you. You know, you feel in the center of yourself. Is just goes to show that you can make your brain can make your body feel anything at any time. You yeah. know, and you know what's really weird. Uh, if I smell a certain smell, that'll like trigger more memory to me than anything else. Like, like what? Do you have a specific one? No, no, I don't. It, I don't know. Say, well, usually I'll. It'll be like I guess a certain perfume. Mm-hmm. You know. And then you start remembering things. And it's so weird how, like, a smell, you know, like, a song totally makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. that is just a no-brainer. But it's weird how, like, certain smells take you back, you know? It, it shoots you back into a, a different, yeah, a different place. Yeah. yeah there's, there's, a, there's a couple smells that, that I'll get, and they're rare ones, you know? Uh, there's, a, there's a certain perfume that's made that, uh, that, that, um, that women will wear. And I haven't actually smelled it in years. It's probably out of style now or whatever, but it was popular for a little bit. And it reminded me of the way that a, a, a friend of mine in, in high school smelled. This girl that I was friends with in high school smelled like this all the time. I don't know if it was the same perfume or similar or whatever. And, uh, and, every, and, and, and you know, I'd be in my early 30s and I'd smell this. And it would take me right back to that, you know, yeah. to that situation, to that high school classroom. I'd know I would be able to visualize with the desks and talking to her and the way that that smell was always there, like kind of just pushing back into my, you know, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, the way that you works. know, what the, remember, I don't know if you're going to remember this, but in like the, when we were in high school, um, Victoria's Secrets made these like smells for girls and they were like all different fruits. Yeah. You're gonna, are you going to say cucumber? Uh, it's just all the all the yeah. different ones, because uh, like this group of girls, they all carried a different one. Right. I guess no one wanted <clears throat> wanted to have the same smell. Right. <clears throat> but those sprays, it was it wasn't a perfume. It was like a spray. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those smells will like take me back to high school. Well, that's specifically what I'm talking is about. Is really the cucumber the, one? The Victoria's yeah. Secret. Yeah. Because there was there was I don't believe that that women in their late 20s and early 30s that I, were, I was hanging out with were spraying themselves with Victoria's Secret cucumber spray. But there was some sort of perfume that girls were wearing at that time, and I would smell it a lot at work. Like women that, that I would deal with, customers at work, clients at work would have it on and it would smell like the cucumbers and that was that was exactly what it was that's great yeah i don't know it's very weird <clears throat> and uh there, i remember when i was a freshman i went to st john vianney and all the girls would rock some type of some type of vanilla smell and when i <laughs> when i smell it I that was, was the smell of jesus yeah i guess the smell of corruption jesus's children <laughs> But I, I always think about SJV when I smell the vanilla. It's weird. Yeah. It's really you, weird. you know, another weird thing with smell is, is when I was a kid, uh, I had to be very, very young. I, I, I was at my friend's house and he had, I don't know what it was, but it was some sort of like mason jar filled with... <laughs> Piss? No. <laughs> wasn't he wasn't howard it wasn't hanging out with howard hughes um it, it was like uh some sort of mason jar that he had like made some mixture in of like paint and whatever i don't even know what it was um but for some reason i thought it was cool there was no use to it there was nothing I where did he keep it it was in his shed right so i remember trying to recreate this as a child <laughs> Okay, I don't know what I used. I'm sh- I, 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 for some reason, I'm, I'm visualizing it being green. So I, there might have been some sort of green paint in there. I probably just like took household pl- things, not appliances, like fucking cleaners and, and shaving cream or whatever, and made this. <laughs> it was more of a texture thing, but tried to recreate it, closed it into a jar, and then put it into my parents' shed. And then year, like not years, but I don't know how much later, I I, I opened it and it, it must have, you know, it just it just smelled horrible. It was just this horrible, horrible smell. And <laughs> this is fucking great. <laughs> I can just see you putting it on the shelf in the shed, like just gonna be a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, until just this bit this time. jar of nothing. I mean, it's literally nothing. It didn't it didn't transform in anything. There was no use to it. There was absolutely nothing. <laughs> It was just me being a maniac, which I still am. I still do the same shit. I still, (laughs) my whole life has just been regular, you know, it's just me fucking making shit that is nothing. Yeah. That's all in it. I mean, the mason jar could now be an analogy for bigger things, but it's still just me mixing a bunch of shit together that, that has no use and, and, and it will never make me money, will never fucking um, make me feel good about myself or any of that. Anyway. So this thing smelled horribly to the point where I opened it up and it was like, oh, my, like I immediately had to get it out of my, my general vicinity. And 
it's not that I've ever smelled that smell before because it's not it's nowhere near a smell that you ever would smell. However, every once in a while, and this has waned in my older in my older years, but for a very very long time, every once in a while, I just get a phantom whiff of that smell. Really? And yeah, That's just out crazy. of nowhere. Like I'll just be sitting there and I'll smell it, and it comes real quick. But I know every <laughs> the time scent of insanity. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably what it is. It, it was probably it, it's probably that was that whiff of that smell was probably what got the gears going to my eventual stroke or aneurysm. <laughs> and every time I smell that, it's just like a little mini aneurysm or stroke just firing off of green gelatin in a mason jar in my brain. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh, dude, we had, the, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was an ashtray or it was just some weird knickknack that my grandma had. But it like, it, it was just a, you could take it apart. But then when you close it, it was just like a little thing. Like you would think it's an ashtray. Maybe it was an ashtray. I don't know what the fuck it was. But it was just a thing that you open and close. I don't know. But when we were really, really young, <laughs> my older brother spit in it. <laughs> Closed it. And then years later, our torture device would be sticking it over each other's faces because it smelled so bad. Oh, like dried spit? Old ass spit. It smelled so bad. We're like, we're going to get the ashtray. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd shove it over each other's faces as torture. Why does dried saliva smell so fucking bad? I don't know, man. But I totally forgot about that. And that's fucked up. We did some fucked up shit. I remember, uh, and, and remind me when I'm done with this little fucking memory to, to bring up something uh, about bad smelling shit. Um, I remember when, when we were younger, uh, you and your brother when, were taking the, the phone jack out of the wall. So for landlines, you know, the, the little like, I guess yeah. it's similar to an Ethernet cable and yeah. they, they clipped into, you know. I, I, there, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there right now who don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But old landlines would, would go into the wall and it'd be a plastic piece that looked like a smaller Ethernet cable. And I, somehow you guys figured out that if you put it on your tongue, it fucking shocked you. <laughs> and fucking... <laughs> and I remember hanging out with you and your older brother and you guys were putting on each other's tongues and then you're like, here, put it on your tongue. And I was like, I don't want to put this on my tongue. And then of course I fucking did and it fucking hurt. Yeah, like, it bites. Yeah, it, snake bite. Yeah, it was like more than a 9-volt battery. It, it actually... Was was like a fucking yeah a little jolt so i don't know how the giadana brothers figured out that a, a phone ch- one of you motherfuckers put it in your mouth like I had fucking. To be my older brother <laughs> for no reason torture devices i met we had those uh wrestling buddies it was like uh you know hulk hogan and the ultimate warrior but they were like pillow people yeah they were and, like early incarnations of pillow pets yeah yeah, yeah. and they were real small and i remember my little brother farting on the million dollar man's face and the million dollar man smelled like his fart for like five years and we'd always be like smell the million dollar man <laughs> you guys are into making each other smell dirty shit <laughs> it's weird okay here's a question i have for you because i brought this up in iceland actually with with everybody i was around and i think about almost every single one of them looked like looked at me like i was nuts and that i have some sort of problem that i (laughs) I should probably go get checked out i think there might have been one person there that 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 said they knew what i was talking about but have you ever gotten that that little like white ball that'll come out of your come out of your throat I did until I got my tonsils taken out. Oh, okay. Is that where it comes from, the tonsils? It comes from inside your tonsils. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't get them very often. I mean, it, I could go years without getting them, but there, but I've gotten them throughout my life. And, and, and what it is is just like this little white, tiny, tiny, the smaller than a BB. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'm trying to explain it to the uh, audience. <laughs> you forget Screw that them, people man. are listening. Um, <laughs> like, uh, and, and it comes up and... Um, and normally, you'll just be like, what is this thing in my mouth? And you'll spit it out. However, if you fucking smell one of those things, right. they are the most putrid smelling thing that you'll ever in life ever smell. It's the it, it, I can only imagine. I've never smelt a dead body. You know how in, in, in movies, like when they go to a crime scene and the one guy, you know, new guy's in the corner puking <laughs> yeah. his guts out. And, you know, someone's always like, ugh. I can only imagine that, that is what that smell no, is. No, those smell worse. I've smelled. I've <laughs> I used to uh, I used to do uh, sprinklers for the Laurel funeral funeral home in the Berg, uh-huh. and uh, I in the room sweet gig by the way dude. <laughs> in the room with the sprinkler controller there was a fucking box and it was and you know like when cardboard it was it a, a million of those little white balls <laughs> I wish <laughs> you would die uh, your head would explode <laughs> it was a, a dude and it, it like 
in the bottom, like the box was like getting wet and shit. I guess from whatever. the Oh, fuck. so it was a big body. It was. It was. It was a it was, body. It was a cadaver. Yeah, it said okay. like Henry Jones on it or some shit, and it said human remains, and it was just chill- chilling in the room on a stretcher in a fucking cardboard box with like those zip ties around it, and it stunk like shit. But really? it, but those polyps are worse. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, is that what they're called? Polyps? I, I kind of just said that. <laughs> like, that I, sounds like a word of something that comes out of your fucking it, your throat. That, it's definitely a word, but. I used to just call it that, but my tonsils were so fucking big before I got them taken out. Um, they didn't even want to do the surgery because I guess getting your tonsils out when you're old is weird. But um, how old were you? Eighteen. Okay, that's not that old. So it's weird for tonsils, I guess. Mm. But my tonsils would fill with those things and make, and my tonsils would get hard because I guess because I had like holes in my tonsils. Yeah, and I would get that shit. And it would be hard for me to breathe. So what I would do is I would take the back of my toothbrush and I'd fucking like push it onto my tonsils. And and they would come out like in spades? Oh, they would come out like fucking uh, like gremlins. Just even thinking about (laughs) it, I'm getting the smell in my mouth. It's disgusting. It's making my mouth water like I'm going to throw up. I'm about to throw up too, thinking about (laughs) it. But they would come out. But then my tonsils. (laughs) Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> the ones in the back are walking with flags. <laughs> but it would like def- it would deflate and it would give me room to breathe. And every once in a while, I have to show them. Fucking mm, I guess that's where they come from. I need to do more research. I remember that night. Uh, it was like the first night we were there, and it was like late, and we were in this hostel, and we were fucking. And I was trying to tell everybody, and I was half drunk, and I think I fucking looked it up. And it got some scientific data about it, but then I I quickly forgot it. I could tell you one thing that when I described it to my doctor, he said it was something called like cryptic disease. Ooh, see? scary, yeah, right? right? Cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> like it's some like Swahili disease. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking anyway. I, 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 yeah, if if you if you if you do ever cough one of those up for some reason, one unlike me, you should probably go seek medical help. Um, and as soon as I get fucking insurance again, which might be fucking 2025, I have no idea. I'm probably gonna go do that now that I'm getting all this information. Or you can just take the other end of your toothbrush and do work. Ugh. Yeah, but you ended up having to get surgery. I know. What I'm saying is, if you do, don't just take it and and fucking uh, dispose of it as quickly as possible. Do not try to smell it. It it literally it smells like fucking death. Yeah. It's it's the word. How could something that comes out of your body smell so bad? And another weird thing is that as a human you you you're kind of prone to enjoying your bodily smells even if they are bad ones like yeah like farts. you like to smell your own fart you, you you don't mind to smell your own armpit you know like uh like shit like that but this is something that comes out of your body that will put you on the fucking floor <laughs> if you smell it man that's what, like surgeons must get all the smells Oh yeah, like cutting open like diseased fucking livers and shit. Like. Yeah, right. Well, what I mean, if you're doing surgery on somebody and like say you have to to cut into somebody's intestines, I mean that's just the fart tunnel. Yeah, you're just opening up the fart tunnel for yeah. the rest of the room where you know? farts are created. Right? <laughs> yes, the epicenter <laughs> of farts. You're slicing into with a metal instrument. Letting it out to the room. <laughs> Everybody ready? Scalpel. Look, you know, surgeons is, is you know, people can complain about uh, professional sports stars, reality television show hosts or, or fucking stars, or all these fucking crazy things. But if there's one person in this world who earns his fucking money, it's a goddamn surgeon. Oh, yeah. Like, give true. those motherfuckers more money. Yeah. They're dealing with, number one, they fucking, they have to get up at four in the, like, they, they, they get a phone call and they have to be somewhere in a half hour to fucking work on somebody, you know? Uh, in a life or death situation, they have to put their hands into people's fucking entrails. And yeah. it, I, it's just, it, it, you know, I don't envy anybody that's a fucking surgeon. I remember my surgeon for my tonsils, uh, Anthony De Janeiro, I think it's something like that. But uh, a week after I had my surgery, um, one side, uh, my right side, like opened up. You know what I mean? So I'm gushing blood out of my mouth. So the doctor's like, you got to bring him in for surgery. And it's like three in the morning, you know? So we rush into the hospital and he comes in. <laughs> my man's rocking. Like, he's in his jammies. Got like a ring on every finger, gold chains, smelling like cologne you would not believe. And like, was it cucumbers? I wish it was like fucking like Dracar Noirs, <laughs> something nasty. Cool water? And, and Don't even say it. 
<laughs> and whatever it was, he plugged, he used to rock it on his chest hair too, because he's leaned over working on me, and like his chest hairs were like all in my face, and I could smell his cologne, and like his rings were touching me and shit. I'm like, this isn't sanitary. <laughs> Yeah, wait, what happens to scrubbing your hands a million times and then coming in like this? Seriously, not him. He was fucking bare bones in it. <laughs> but that's weird, man, because they like, uh, they numbed me. Actually, I know the hospital where you got that surgery, and now it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Pretty ghetto. They um they numbed me, you know, for the, to sew it up, and I was numb. But the weirdest thing about it was like I could feel the action, you know, of the sewing. Yeah, but it just mm-hmm. didn't hurt. Right, there was no pain, but like I felt them sewing up the back of my throat. Yeah, and that's fucked up shit. That's a weird thing. I've had that happen a few times. I had to have oral surgery where um, I was completely numb, but I I, li- I literally felt them uh, destroy a tooth of mine. So they didn't like pull it out at the root or anything they just got in there and bashed the fuck out of it until it was just like it it was just broken like a broken plate or something like that and then like flicked the pieces out (laughs) and it didn't hurt but i felt it you know like i felt like what the fuck they were doing there i'd have like this this uh surgery uh on the back of my ear for this thing or whatever and that was another one where it was like they gave me local anesthetic and i didn't feel any pain but i felt every slice and Oof. every like tug and every like i felt everything that was happening there's just no pain there it was a very weird situation because your body's going this should be painful you know but instead it's just these weird pressures and cuts and pulls yeah. and shit and it's 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 fucking nuts that is weird man yeah. all right let's uh i want to i so i'm reading this book right and it's it's enthralling I, i'm 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 just fascinated by it because it's literally speaking to me right now where i where i am because I, i've been doing a lot of work in my life trying to figure out where i'm going to go how i'm going to get there uh what i've done wrong in in my life to 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 get me to where i am now to to where i had to do this life reset and everything and it keeps coming back to me um it, it's 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 I, I always land on one thing, and that's it's a struggle with my ego. Okay, so I I, I found this book. It just kind of popped up through things through reading other people, and and uh, and this book kept popping up. So I finally got it, and I've been reading it, and I'm just fascinated by. it. I think it's a pretty new book. Uh, again, it's called Ego is the Enemy. I'd have to look up the guy's name. Actually, I could look up the guy's name. I might as well give him props while uh, we're here. But uh, anyway, so it through working my way through this book. Um, fucking give me a second here. Ryan Holiday is this kid's name. He's actually a young dude who uh who like became um successful in the business world really early. Uh, you know when he was like eighteen, nineteen years old, and then and then went on to have successes and failures and all this. And 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 he's written a couple books, but this one uh is specific to the 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 fight that we all have against our own ego, right? So I guess the questions that that I have. Uh, that I guess we could discuss is where, like, where, where do you lie with your own, like, your own ego, right? So, like, where is it? Something- like, what do you think you you deserve? Right, like how? Because how much do, do you have? Uh, do you have like a superiority a superiority complex? Do you, okay, let me start with this question. Okay, which which it might seem like a weird question, but it's not. Um, do you feel like you're better than anybody else? No. Well, well, okay. That's the natural inclination to to say that, and I would say the same thing. But I mean, I'm um, I feel like I'm a better person than like a rapist or like a killer or some shit. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. That makes you know? sense. But like, if I compare myself to another 36 year old that just lives, right? You know. What? Do you feel that there's people in the world that are better than you? Yeah. And why do you feel that way? Because because of maybe their financial status, their their uh, well, there's celebrity pe- status. Well, there's people that like fucking travel to Zimbabwe just to give someone a glass of water. And shit. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, I wouldn't do that. Okay, so, I can't afford a glass of water. So, <laughs> so you so you so the way you see it is like people that might be more <clears throat> charitable than you, or might be more self selfless than you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And you you so you hold them on a higher pedestal. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Because uh, because I asked that because if you were to ask me that question, if I if I believe that I'm better than anybody else, my immediate answer would be no. And I truly believe that. But then I've thought back on I, I've been doing a lot of reminiscing and ruminating on on things in my life that I would consider failures. 
uh, maybe not in a traditional sense of the word, but just just things that I I guess I wish to have gone maybe had gone differently or didn't end the way that they wanted to end and all that. And whenever I whenever I get back to that, I feel like maybe uh, a younger me did feel self-righteous and maybe even better than other people in situations. Like, I, I've been thinking about my job uh, a lot. And not that I regret leaving that job, but but that was something that, that I think about because I spent so much time there. And and the way that I acted a lot, you know, like, I was, I was always kind of, like, not blowing up, but trying to make points and tr- trying to put people, especially uh, superiors in the workplace, in their place and, and all that stuff. And, and, uh, and I started thinking about it. And, and I, I, I now kind of think that subconsciously, I felt like I was too good for that job and therefore better than a lot of the people that saw that job as a career option, right? And, and I would never think that uh, until I really started looking down at it, and, and it kind of makes sense to me now. Now, I, I'm not happy about that, and I, and I don't consider myself to be superior to anybody, but I think that's where my thinking was at that time. Uh, there's also relationships that, that and the same thing, right? Now that I look back at it, I think that maybe I thought that I was the superior person in that relationship. And it's weird how you, you don't see it at the time, but looking back at it, it, you could kind of see your your you your appeasing of your ego pop up. I don't know. Does that, that make, make any sense? Yeah, that makes sense because <clears throat> you're at work and you're like, oh, you guys are just guitar center lifers. I'm out of here. You know right. I, mean? I felt like, that way. Like this is a temporary thing for me, and you guys could all just sit here and fucking guitar it for life. Right. But however, I, you know, some of my closest friends and people I adore more than anybody on the face of the earth, I've met in that place, um, and and I had and I had mutual respect for everybody. You know, I never looked down upon anybody, but well, maybe a a couple managers and shit that I had just because they were assholes or because we're butting heads or something like that. But 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 to me, if you were to ask me then if I felt superior to anybody, I would say no. But now that I look back at it, I think I kind of did. And I think I kind of still do, you know, because in a way, you know, I guess if you if you're if you have total humility and you're totally humble, then you'd be willing to work any job in the world. But I'm not. You know, and 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 we talked about this when I was talking about the whole job thing on the last episode, or two episodes ago, or whatever it may be. But uh, and 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 I was saying that it it isn't a matter of ego when it comes to that. It's a matter of I know what those those really like customer facing, uh, customer support kind of service jobs end up doing to the rest of my life. So I don't want that to happen anymore. Yeah. Um. But I I kind of I've been thinking about it, and and it maybe I I could have to at least entertain the fact that there might be some sort of superiority thing that I have where I feel like I'm better than those jobs. Which well, is a weird place to be because I've never felt that way before. Well, when I when I talk to you about working, I can sense that from you. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, even when I say like, just get a- any bullshit job, you know, and you're like, no, I refuse to do that. I refuse to do this. When right. It's like, you know, kind of have you know, can't have nothing. Yeah. Right. I get know? it. But you rather have nothing than to like say, well, I'm gonna have to just drop down a peg and suck it up well it's not so much dropping down a peg it's a, it's dro- for me it's dropping down a peg into something i don't mind starting from the bottom and i didn't mean to turn this into a career talk because we already did that but real quick i don't mind starting from the bottom and even making weak pay i don't mind that i don't expect to go back to making 30 dollars an hour or whatever right you know and and I, it because but what i mind is the toll that the rest of your life takes when you're in a, when you're working for a bad company, a place that you know that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. That's that's what I, I and I do. I, that is true. However, I also kind of feel like maybe there is a kind of thing where I'm like, all right, I'm 36 years old. I paid my dues. There's no reason for me to have to do this. You know, yeah, like that kind of deal. But but again, it wasn't so much about the job thing, but it was also about like relationships. And I've just gone back and and kind of saw myself from an outside perspective where maybe I do. A, a, a lot in my life, even though I never was cognizant of it, did feel like I was better than other people, you know. And whether I should repent for that or how I changed that or whatever, I don't know. But but it's that's really opened my eyes, and it's been a weird kind of thing. So you're saying you've never had that before? You've never like like you work your your job? You work with uh, you work with some some cats, right? Like uh, and, and uh, who who may or may not be. It, it, it like uh, what the world would see as successful, or you know, or something like that. Like you've never had the inclination of like I'm better than these dudes. 
I mean, I'll rip on them. You right. know what I mean? Like, I'll make fun of them, but it's not like, it's not like I'm better. You know what yeah. I mean? Until the day comes where I'm completely happy with everything that I am, I can never say that I don't think I'm better than anybody else. Right. You know? That's another interesting thing, because this is another question that I want to ask you. This is another thing that I've been thinking about a lot, and, and, uh, and, and I want to get some clarity on with you, is what is it that you want in life i know that's a giant fucking question but Mm -hmm. but it's it's a very interesting thing to start to think about um because do you have you ever been motivated uh, by by having more than somebody else no yeah Uh, and and i don't i don't feel that with you but it's weird because we were we were raised and groomed not maybe not specifically from our parents i mean i know my parents didn't do that but just from society and and uh and general competition and social situations and everything, like especially in the time that we grew up, I mean, the decadence of the eighties, you know, the 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 affluence of the nineties, um, and then obviously the downfall of the early two thousands. But but like in our first twenty years of existence, let's say, I mean, everything in the whole world was about material items. Yeah, who's got the biggest car? Who's got the biggest house? Who's got the hottest wife? Who's got the best job? Who's got the be- biggest bank account? We grew up during that. Yeah. And and I, I just never understood it. Like people that want to get like the sweetest car with all like the you know doodads all over it. Like, I'm like <laughs> how, how the hell does that make you happy? You're still sitting in a chair, like holding a wheel right. that drives. Right. It's not like as you're driving, you see like a video of the outside of your car. Like this is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Although nowadays, people would they'd be putting it on their fucking Facebook right. and everything. Check. And and that's another thing. If you add social media into it. Everybody's just putting up the, the the best their best self out there. Yeah. So so if you do have the that anxiety that's caused by by comparing yourselves to other people, which I think no matter how we say that we do or we don't, I'm sure it's something that we've all dealt with at some point. I mean, there's always somebody that you're like, man, I wish I had that dude's life, you know. Um, but that but with that too, you know, there's always this constant, and that, however, is fake, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's all fake. The guy, the guy with the giant McMansion and the fucking the Beamer and the hot wife with the fake tits, that guy's drowning in so much fucking debt and hates his wife and hates his kids and all that shit. But you don't see that, so you're jealous of that guy. But now that's on, that's on a larger scale now because even fucking dudes who are like unemployed fucking dope heads will go on Facebook and like put pictures of them, uh, you know, on a vacation, like on the top yeah, of a yeah. mountain and shit. And you're like, Oh, that dude's living a good life. Yeah. But that might've been the only sliver of happiness that he's had in months. Right. Right. But that's the only thing that you'll see, uh-huh. you know? Um, but yeah, that question. So, uh, so, so like what, so we're, you know, we're moving along in life. We're, we're, we're rapidly approach, approaching middle age and we may or may not have, if there's if there was any sort of standard of of where uh, any sort of like you know points in life that you're supposed to hit at certain ages and stuff like that we may or may not be behind or uh, ahead of it you know depending on which direction you're looking up or down or whatever but as we go forward in life what is it that you, what would you need to make you happy like what is there ever going to be a point in your life where you would just say okay you know what this is it i'm cool with this shit or what, 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 you know? See, I'm a, I'm a bad subject for this topic, you know what I mean? Because I don't require much. Well, that's you know why I think I mean? you're a good subject, because you could say that point of view. All right. Well, I guess I, I would just want, no, I would really just love nothing to worry about, you know, I, like for everyone, you know, everyone I know to be like cool and like healthy and, you know, no like struggling, like. You know, like nothing eating at them. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That as long as as long as you got that, like who cares? You know what I mean. I'm like my my point of view on like having stuff is that you're just still the same person. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter you know how much how many cool things you have or how you know how much money you have, you're still waking up the next day and you still have the same people in your lives or whatever. But mm-hmm. I mean, I would say the best thing about money is that, you know, you don't have that anxiety about paying for life necessities. Right. You know, and that's basically it. If you have enough for that, then happiness just, I guess, just comes from just being happy with, like, who you have around you. Mm -hmm. you 
And when when did you? Is this something that you you've lived with forever? Is or is there a certain point in your life where you're just like this is you know this is what makes me content? Um, it's weird because I feel like I've never really cared. You know what I mean? I never really really thought about that that kind of thing. You know, I guess it's always been like that. I guess you know losing my mom had a big part in it. You know what I mean? I would say like after that, I really you know stopped caring about things that i didn't think i needed to care about anymore okay you know like material items or great well monetary wealth or something like that yeah okay like i guess that took away all that you know because then it was just like if you're living you know you're good (laughs) right you know so so basically what you're saying is you saw you saw after the trauma of losing somebody so close to you you were able to kind of see life in a different perspective of things that like actually matter yeah you know and that's that's interesting because a lot of the a lot of uh a lot of people that that do see things that way almost always do suffer some sort of early trauma, a big loss or something like that, you know, and it almost forces you to be like, okay, this is what's important, you know? Like, if if I fucking, if I had a nice car and then I lose it, that's not important. But if I had somebody that I loved and I lose them, then that's important, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, I never, uh, I, knock on wood, you know, uh, up till now, I mean, I've definitely had deaths in, in my family and stuff, but n- none of, nobody that was that close to me, you know, so, I, so I've, I can't say that I've ever really experienced that sort of like trauma that always seems to be the opening of somebody's story. Like whenever you read about somebody that, that went on to do great things, and I'm not talking about becoming a fucking CEO of a business. I'm talking about maybe just becoming a great poet or, or, or somebody that, you know, that you would want to read about. There always seems to be some sort of like big thing early in their life that sets them on the track of knowing what they want from life and also how to act throughout their lives for the most part. You know, there's always exceptions to the rule and stuff. And, uh, I'm really looking back at my younger self at this point, and a lot of the things that I think that I that I went that maybe I've gone through that I would never admit that were important to me or stuff were all things that I think I was caught up in, even though I would never you know see what I'm saying like like I, I we all know where my stance on 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 uh, owning things and material items and all that stuff are are now. And I would like to say that I felt that way my whole life, but I think that maybe I did work like the shitty job and stay in the bad relationship and do all that shit because I was just trying to keep up with, at the very least, what I thought that I should be. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that... But you were never a materialistic person. No. Well, as far as like great material wealth, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've never been the person that cared about having a big house or a nice car. Or, yeah. And, and, and honestly, when, when people do have those things, it, it, there's, no, there's nothing less in this world that'll ever impress me than me show, you showing me your $100,000 car. Cause, because you, you know the way that you can impress me by showing me your $100,000 car is that if you built that fucking car. Right. If, yeah. you sh- if you said, hey, man, I built this fucking thing, I'd be like, holy shit. If you tell me I bought this thing, I'm just like, who fucking cares? <laughs> who gives a shit? That, that you know, like a, a Lamborghini or whatever the fuck, a Maserati is just as impressive as a fucking uh, Hyundai to me. It doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why we're using cars because neither of us have one. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, so I guess I've never had that, but I also think in a way I grew I've I've felt I felt like for a long time that I deserved shit, you know? Like do you have that feeling? Am I alone in this? I I'm so weirded out by all this. I mean, I, I don't feel like I deserve items, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but sometimes I feel like maybe recognition, maybe uh I mean, it's it's you know, you know it's more like it the way I picture it as myself is I, it's more like self-loathing, I guess. Like, man, I got a shitty hand. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But, like, is it that or did I just fuck everything up? You right. know what I mean? Right, so, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. You know? And, and honestly, to be brutally honest, and this is for both of us, is you probably just fucked everything up. Because I mean, there there's there's so many people that are dealt so you know like you, right. That's what I think about. You have problems in your life. I have problems in my life. That's that's the backbone of this fucking podcast, and and we're trying to work through them. Hopefully successfully. Who knows? Time will tell. But um, 
the uh, but and and I've and I've gone through that where I've blamed other people and that is part of ego too. You know, you you can't you can't put the onus of anything on anybody else because there's only one person that's responsible for anything in your life and that's you at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, so to so to sit there and say that I got dealt a bad hand, I mean, you are a white kid that grew up in 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 the, the middle class suburbs of the of the United States of America. You know, there there's there's a you're a male. You know, there's a million things that that could have been worse in your life. Right. You know? I, I do know that. So even saying that, which is interesting, is kind of comparing yourself to other, you know, white males, maybe around your age that grew up in the same circumstances that you have and then kind of seeing and kind of maybe just even if it's subconsciously comparing yourself to what other people in your bracket have. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's like, all part of it. But but it's it's different. It's different stuff. Like when I was growing up, like I'd be I'd always be jealous of the kid that had the dad. You know what I mean? Like okay. I wanted to come home and like have a dad to chill with. You know what I mean? Right. You know, so like it's it's not like I'd ever you know, I wouldn't say, Oh man, that kid has a sweet bike. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I would just you know, like normal shit, you know. Right. But I, I do put it in perspective because I don't be like, you know, what, like, there's fucking orphans out there. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. You know, that had it way worse than that. But, you know, it, it, it's it's a thing and it was in my life. And that's, an, that's another weird thing because I think of that too. And, and it's, uh, it, I, I do think about that all the time, especially when I'm struggling with my certain, my, my specific situation now where I'm kind of trying to dig out of a hole. And, and a lot of times, I'll, I, especially when I get the most anxious and, and, and the most panicked about things, I'll try to, to bring myself back down to the point where like, look, dude, like even though you're not happy with where you are right now, there's so many people that have it so much worse than you. And that does relieve a, a little bit. Like it it, 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 it does take a little bit of pressure off, but then I still bring it back to myself where I'm like, well, that doesn't matter though. You should still be at this point well yeah because it, it doesn't matter because it, you're just you're relating yourself to people that you know are out there but are n- in no way part of your life like, yeah right you, yeah they have it hard but what the fuck does that have to do with you right and that's you know? and that's a weird thing because because you know what it what it has to do with you is that we're all part we're all just fucking cells in this larger universe and and you know so we're, we're related and we're close to each other in a lot more ways than than we can even think of you know so it does have to do with you you know but 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 yeah we, and that's a that's in a protection uh as def- a defense mechanism probably from your ego that that you know you're you're able to feel that for a second but then separate yourself from it and then come back to the task of you. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I guess I guess you shouldn't sit there and worry about the troubles of the world 24/7 because you'll never get anything done. You'll just be, you know, you'll just be depressed all the time. But at the same time, that kind of sp- speaks to what I was saying before where is that a form of believing that you're better than other people because you're like oh that sucks like you know like yeah this sucks that I'm doing this but that dude's dying of cancer or that dude's uh, fucking got his legs blown off in the in the useless war or that woman gets beat by her husband or that dude's a hundred thousand dollars in debt because he went to a stupid college or, or whatever the situation may be that makes people be in a worse situation than you and then you don't and then you still say oh yeah but I deserve a better job or i deserve a better relationship and shit is that in a way putting yourself above other people and you know and it's it's a weird kind of thing and if it is is it necessary for survival is it a survival instinct you know yeah i mean it could be i i don't think that's putting yourself above other people that's just you know that's just for yourself right you know it's not like man i want a better job and more money so i could do better than john no mm-hmm. it's i want to be more comfortable i want to be able to provide for my family and not have to stress that you know not i mean if if you're saying i want a better job to provide for my family so i could give my family more things than john next door weird right you know that's a weird that's an ego complex <laughs> although that's that's what most of the world especially the united states uh fucking that's the way people operate no, that's a huge problem yeah that's fucking weird well that's that's where we are you know that's where we are as a country and 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 i and i do think that we have that instilled in us whether we're fighting it or not and we're trying to be better people and i, I believe that a lot of people are but i mean again 
we grew up in that situation where, yeah. you know, it was all about having more than the other guy, you know, having the biggest house and all that shit. And, and, uh, I, I hate to think about it that way, but I feel like that person, however minuscule it is, is still inside of me someplace rattling around. And, and every once in a while it kind of gets out where, where I'll feel the jealousy or something. And it's, again, it's never going to be material items like a house or a car. We keep using that, that analogy, but maybe just even like the jealousy or the envy of somebody who, who's, who's working in a career that I would like to be working in. Yeah. You know, that's maybe my age or younger and has already written a novel or has a really successful podcast or is a great stand-up comedian or is in a really cool band you know and 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 uh you know that kind of thing i'll feel the sting of that every once in a while where i'm like that could be me you yeah. know but and, and i don't know i you know, i don't have any answers to this i'm just these are just things i'm dealing with so yeah. i'm bringing it up you know and, and <clears throat> since you brought it up i've been thinking about you know when we were kids and <clears throat> it it was constantly around i remember there was these kids I knew, like the older kids around the block or whatever. It, there was like one kid who had like a small little house and it was kind of like, you know, shitty. And uh, they'd always be like, oh, he's a fucking dirtbag. Right. Yeah. You know, like because the dude couldn't afford a bigger house, he's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. You know, like he's not a dirtbag, he's just poor, you know? Yeah. And you know what? It, it's it's weird because we grew up in in this area that we grew up in, um, there are certain towns that are that are adjacent to our town that border yeah. our town that we would always make fun of as we were growing up we would always make fun of people that lived in those towns like they were lesser people yeah and i ride my bike through some of these towns now and and i'm i'm looking at this thing the places and i'm like you know what i would be lucky if i owned a house in this fucking town yeah i spent my whole life saying that the, these people are scumbags <laughs> from this area and now i wouldn't mind being i wouldn't mind owning a home there you know it's right on the fucking water it's nice like what you know like that kind of thing and and that's what i'm saying like at what like we we did that you know we we weren't righteous people when we were fucking 10 years old we were just going with the social pressure of this is what you do you make fun of these people you feel superior to these people and it's and it's not your fault it's not our fault it's just it's just kind of pushed into you from you know whether it's if your parents are egotists you know maybe you get that from home or your friends you're just trying to keep up with your friends or but i mean i know when we were kids i never tried to one-up somebody but i definitely wanted to have the the you know the the bike you know somebody had a, a cool fucking BMX, bmx bike i wanted at least the same quality bmx bike as that you know when everybody ran out and got fucking starter jackets i you know I, I the only fucking thing i liked was the mets and they have the worst colors in the world so i ran out and got a fucking laker i've never watched a lakers game in my life <laughs> i couldn't tell you one laker fucking but i ran out and got a fucking lakers starter jacket because i like at least like the purple and the yellow better than the fucking orange and the blue you know like and rock that shit you know like that you you so we are always taught to keep up with those things yeah but it's just how far in life do you take it you know and i that's one another thing i always think about like you know we weren't taught that by our parents we were taught that by the people we hung out with right and that it has like probably if not the biggest influence on your life one of the biggest you know because when you're a kid and you run out of the house and you're hanging out with people and they and you hear the shit that they say that shit's imprinted on your mind forever yeah you know and that's like the shit you pick up on and it's, you know and and like depending on the importance that you put on your social life, I think that has a big effect on how well you do in your older years. You know, because I remember my mom would always say to me, you make your social life way too important. You know, yeah. like that shit's going to hurt you. And I'm like, I just want to have a good time. And and, <laughs> I, and I think about that a lot, too, because I still do that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's something that there was there was brought on at an early age. But I've always been like that. I want to go hang out with my friends. I want to I want to have a few drinks. I want to I want to have some laughs. I want to have a good time. I want to have an adventure that it's never left me. Right. I, and I don't believe that it, it'll ever leave me. You know, uh, and and my my parents used to say the same thing all the time. They're like, "You're hanging out with your friends too often." Like, yeah, it's cool, go hang out with your friends, but you also need to 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 to, to anchor onto something. And I was always just like, "Whatever, life's a fucking party, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll make my way through this <laughs> this world somehow." You know, and I'm not saying that I regret any of that, but but it is kind of it, it's. I think it's something that me and you have both done our whole life that yeah. maybe have led to our kind of situations yeah, in a certain way. You know? Like I would I would always be like, you know, I'm gonna ride it till the wheels fall off, ride the wheels roll off. I remember my brother Joey going, Rich, the wheels fell off. <laughs> <laughs> 
but what is that and what does that translate we got to get going we're way over but but what is what does that translate to because you can't feel guilty about that it's not that we don't have that i didn't have any other interest actually uh, on the contrary i had a tons of interests you know uh, tons of hobbies and tons of things however still right now if if you were to tell me that there's a party on saturday and everyone's going to be there for the rest of the week i'll be excited about going to that party on <laughs> yeah, saturday yeah, yeah. it's not just something where where i'm i'm going to be like it's not just something where i'm going to be like oh that's also cool i'll stop by for a little bit i'll see my friends it'll be nice like i start planning my week around that party where i'm like i'm like shit's gonna go down that night you know i'm 36 years old and it's still that way. It has never left. It's never been, you know, I still get excited for going to my friend's house and drinking with my closest friends that I know that I'm going to laugh and roll on the floor and, and fucking, you know, and, and just have a great time. The same way that when I was fucking 14 or 15, I got excited about getting a beer ball and going into the woods. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same feeling still there. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a weird thing. No. I don't know. Look, we gotta we gotta wrap up because we're right. we're going longer. We'll we'll continue this uh, on the next episode. Now that we're finally back to a uh, a regular schedule, yeah. we'll call it regular. Yeah, we'll we'll try to call it regular. Uh, thank you for listening to the Awkward Hi-Fi Podcast. And if you want to leave a review, go on iTunes, leave a written review. Once we have 100, we're going to throw a party. And you guys all know that because I say it every episode. But I promise it'll happen. Um, thanks for everybody who sent in feedback. <laughs> we're going to be old as shit sitting here. Like, once we get to 100 reviews. See, there alone, I'm fucking still excited. I'm excited about this party that has to happen in like 40 more reviews. I'm like stoked about it. Planning shit. Uh, thanks for everyone who's sending feedback. Uh, thank you again for Stephanie for being a guest host on Friday. We're going to have her back very soon. Um, and oh, and the band name thing, which that has to come to a close. We're going to wrap that up. Now that we're back on a regular schedule, we'll wrap, wrap that up. Yeah, do that Friday. Any last words? Nah, All right. See you in a future days. But now you're not in there clear, my dear. Hey, lover, where did you go? I'm not high and I'm not low. If I knew a breakup, man, I can't break you up and taste you again. With love, with breath, wanna smoke you up. Even though my chest hurts, smoke you up. Get more pain, less, wanna smoke you up. Inhale my best and I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast. For more episodes, visit awkwardhighfive.com.